Welcome to the Southwest Iowa Association of Realtors, also known as SWIRE. This podcast keeps SWIRE members up to date on what's new and happening in our organization. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. It is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. Not a member? We still encourage you to listen. Each week, we provide you with valuable information related to the real estate industry and Southwest Iowa. Welcome to this episode of the Swire Podcast. I'm Todd Studer, and we are joined in studio today by Amy Swoboda, Executive Officer for Swire. And we also have a, a special guest today, Byron Menke. We'll talk with Byron in just a bit. First, Amy, what is the latest at Swire? What's happening? Well, we it's almost Fair Housing Month, and we have a uh, class available from IAR called Long Island Divided, which is a virtual course free to you. I highly recommend it. It's an um, investigative reporter, and he looked into fair housing on Long Island. So sign up for that through IAR. April 11, we have the RPAC Road Tour Lunch at the Hoff Center. Byron's going to talk a little more about that. Um, last year's event was a big success. Everybody enjoyed it, learned a lot, and had... Um, Enjoyed, just enjoyed the, the meeting. Um, April 20th, we're going to have a self-defense class. Um, we'll have details coming out on that soon. And then later in April, there, there will be another fair housing event from that committee. They're just firming up the details on that. A lot of activities going on and all of this information available on the website, correct? Yes, it is. There we go. Byron Menke joining us in studio today, past president of the Iowa Association of Realtors. Byron, thank you very much for your time. And I'm looking forward to learning a little more about, uh, well, there's something called RPAC. And I know that a lot of realtors already know what this is, but let's let, let's teach the dumb guy in the room right now <laughs> that's sitting across from you. What is this and what is its purpose? Well, good morning, Todd. Great to be here. RPAC is on a Unfortunately, not known by a lot of our realtor members exactly what it is. Uh, RPAC is, stands for the Realtors Political Action Committee, and it is kind of the the branch of the Association of Realtors, uh, and it is our lobbying legislative branch, and it's also the branch the, 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 through the RPAC is where we get the investments from our members to invest uh, back to the candidates in their elections and help them with their elections. Elections and for us to support those that support us as well in our uh, housing and realtor uh, advocacy items. So that is kind of the breakdown. Can you uh, talk a bit about some of the effectiveness that this has had? You know, I, I've got to say, when I first got started as a realtor some 20-some years ago, um, I was not a big advocate of, of politics. I, to me, it was all, all I heard was, oh, you got you to, gotta, at that time, we said contribute to RPAC. So it just felt like you were just throwing money out. Uh, since then, we've kind of changed that verbiage because it's really an investment. It's an investment in your business. And so what we we do is, is at the state, national, and even at our, our local level, uh, lobby our legislators. Uh, on issues that affect us as realtors and affect our clients. And one of the big issues that realtors do that most of the public doesn't know, some of our realtors don't even know, is we spend an awful lot of time protecting private property rights. And there are issues that come up legislatively at all levels of government that impact uh, home ownership property ownership of all types. And so our responsibility through the RPAC and through our advocacy uh, with, with our legislators is to make the legislators aware of the impacts of, of the 
possible legislation that they have uh, started, uh, what effect that will have on our realtor members and or on the public, uh, anyone that, that owns real estate. I would think that from the uh, legislator's side, they aren't going to have as much knowledge about it as, say, someone in your position is when it, when it comes to those types of things, because you deal with it every day and you're, you're meeting the people who have the private property and you are just helping to keep them informed so they can vote the way that they uh, should. Exactly. And we are fortunate here in Iowa. We've had a lobbyist uh, by the name of Jen Kingland. She was a former realtor, has been our lobbyist for almost 25 years now. And she is so well respected. Uh, when you go up to the Capitol and you meet with your legislators, it's uh, the first thing they always say. When we have a piece of legislation that comes out that uh, deals with home ownership, uh, property ownership, the first thing we do is we go to Jen because Jen is the expert on it. And she is our our mouthpiece. She is our representative there at the Capitol, and she is exceptionally good at what she does. And so the legislators, just like you said, they are going to look to her and say, "Okay, I see this piece of legislation. How does that? You know, what are the good? What are the bad? Uh, what do you see?" And and it, it's also that way at the National Association. We have quite a lobbying uh, effort there, and and that's the same thing there. We hear it from our senators, uh, Grassley and Ernst, our representative. That's who we'll go to. We're going to come to the realtors and say, okay, how does this impact everyone? So you probably are dealing with other areas of the country as well as areas of the state. Are there things that are unique to what's happening in Iowa as opposed to different places? Yeah, it is. And on all levels, uh, there are things that come up every year and we we deal with issues. Uh, uh, For instance, uh, locally, I can think of uh, across the state. A few years ago, we introduced a, a piece of, in, of uh, legislation at the state uh, that would prohibit towns, cities, counties from imposing what we call time of transfer inspections or repairs. And basically what that is, is they would say, okay, when this property transfers, when this house transfers, when it's going to sell, you have to have this inspected. And if it is deficient, you have to have it repaired. Well, when a person is on a timetable to close a transaction, uh, then all of a sudden you're throwing up all these barriers, not to mention the cost involved at, at that time, uh, when they're trying to sell, they've got to close on a loan in time before their loan, their interest lock, you know, expires. So those are things that they were throwing up. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, one one town in Iowa said, "Hey, uh, you have to have your sump pumps inspected." And how ridiculous we thought that was. But what was even more ridiculous was the person that was qualified in the legend in their ordinance to do the inspection was a pest inspector. Now, I love pest inspectors. They do a great job, but are they really qualified to to inspect that? We had another one here, uh, a town in southwest Iowa had just instituted a uh, time of transfer inspection for the main water shutoff out in front of your house, which in most cities that's owned by the city. Well, the city said, hey, those are actually owned by the property owners. So when we find out that you're selling the property, uh, we're going to come out and we're going to test it. And if it's not functioning property, we're going to dig up your front yard. We're going to replace that valve and all of that. And we're going to send you the bill and you're going to replace that before you close on the property. And so the piece of legislation we introduced and passed uh, prohibited any of those ordinances that tied it to when the property closed or time of transfer. I think sometimes 
things that you're talking about can address a certain problem that maybe that particular area saw, so they wanted to correct it. But it's going to take a lot of studying to know other problems that may occur from that correction. Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> and, and so even though you're solving one problem and you're creating three more, it can just cascade that way. Right, right. And, and so you see that at all levels. Then we see the issues uh, across the state. You know, uh, we, we deal with the locals. Then we also deal with things at the state. For instance, uh, this last year, we had uh, an incident uh, about a year and a half ago uh, that resulted in a lawsuit slip and fall uh, in Des Moines. Uh, the uh, seller was basically uh, brought into the lawsuit, uh, filed a suit against the, the property owner, but they also filed a suit against the listing agent and the listing broker who were not present at the time of the showing. Uh, it was a winner. You know, market was fast. Things were turning fast. The seller or this buyer said, hey, I want to get into it. I know it's a snowstorm, but I want to get into it. They got the property, slipped and fell created the lawsuit while not only suing the property owner for not having the ice taken care of, even though it was in the middle of a snowstorm, uh, they also sued the listing broker and listing agent. And so uh, that one went to the Iowa Supreme Court. Uh, the our, our legal counsel for our Iowa Association of Realtors sought help from the National Association of Realtors, and we basically came into that and filed an amicus brief, which is a friend of the court saying, hey, uh, here are some things you should consider this to the Supreme Court. They heard our, our issue, and uh, the liability was thrown out uh, for the, the listing broker and that agent. But that's the type of, of advocacy that we're doing on behalf of our members that, you know, they don't always always hear what we're doing. It's not only to do with legislation, but uh, things like this that might be considered a frivolous lawsuit. So well, we could do probably a couple of hours on, on <laughs> frivolous lawsuits. Yes. All of these things you're talking about, Byron, take money. Yes. How, how, does, how does that happen? Yeah. You know, we uh, the the RPAC uh, starts uh, has started uh, gosh years ago. I like I said I got involved and uh, early on and I was not someone that was involved in politics. It just was not on my radar. It was not something I enjoyed. And as I got more involved and went through local leadership, and then as I really got involved at the state uh, level, and I started attending the. Um, Capital Conference, where we go up to the Capitol for a day in Des Moines, which we just did here in, in February, and met with our legislators, you realize really quickly how important your voice, number one, is and, uh, and how much they look to us on those certain issues. And as you said, that takes money. And so uh, we, we reach out to our members and say, hey, we, we would really recommend that you invest, invest in yourself, invest in your business, invest in what your interests of your clients are, because it, there are issues that we battle uh, as, you know, on behalf of the clients that don't affect us directly, maybe as as realtors, um, but the the money that we raise uh, throughout, say for instance, the state of Iowa, seventy uh, percent of that money stays in Iowa. Uh, so we are able to disperse those funds to um, uh, state and local candidates that are friends uh, of the realtor and and proper 
property right uh, interests. And so we're able to help support their uh, campaigns uh, when they're supporting us as well. And then the 30% that goes on to the national level also supports uh, our, our you know, senators, our representatives uh, from around the country that, again, are advocates for, for real estate and, and property rights. So even though something is going on to a national level, it still has a direct effect on what's happening locally here. Oh, definitely. Uh, the, uh, the national uh, RPAC committee, uh, a lot of funds come back and, you know, they will reach out to us. And they, of course, they, they track all the, the national candidates and they know who are supporting uh, the efforts and the legislation that supports us and so they in turn uh, make sure that that funds go back to those members. There are different levels of investment in the RPAC um, organization and I know that you're right now wearing an RPAC major investor president circle um, on your chest there. Can you tell us about that? Sure. The um, um, major investor is anyone that invests uh, $1,000 a year uh, in, in RPAC. And uh, there are some, some additional levels within that. Uh, then there, as Amy mentioned, President Circle. And President Circle is a program that started uh, some years back. And it's a way for a member to directly contribute to candidates uh, of, of their choice. Now, the National Association will put out a list about every couple of months, and they will personally vet candidates that are that they say, hey, these are people that are supportive of our issues. So um, uh, to be a President's Circle member, that uh, includes another $2,000 of direct contributions to the candidates of your choice that IAR, or excuse me, that National Association of Realtors puts out uh, as um, advocates for real estate. So uh, uh, the President's Circle is is uh, another level. It's something I've just been involved with for about three or four years, but there are some perks with it as, as members. Um, there are, uh, I just got back from uh, Cancun. Uh, every year, the President's Circle holds a conference, usually in a nice location in the, in the middle of winter where it's a little bit warmer, and uh, they bring in some incredible speakers, and it's a three-day conference, and uh, that is uh, probably some of the best education and some of the best um, uh, speakers that I've heard uh, in dealing, you know, politically and, and what this all means. So it's, uh, it's a great program and uh, one I would encourage anyone that, uh, you know, is out there and, and wants to, to invest in their business to take a serious look at so we do ask people when they pay their dues, we ask them to consider um, a voluntary um, investment at the time of dues in January. Um, and then through the year, we'll have a couple of events, which we're, we'll be in the process of planning pretty soon here. Um, and Byron is going to be leading our local RPAC efforts this year. Um, one of the things he wants to do is to get people a little more involved in local politics. Exactly. I To me, the light doesn't really go on, I think, for most people when you're just asking them for an investment. I think they've got to know the why and why are we investing. And it's the, the one thing we don't always do the best is tell our story. We don't tell the wins. Uh, you know, a few years ago in the Iowa legislature, they tried to pass uh, legislation that would have uh, taxed uh, our commissions. Uh, it charged a 7% tax on that. And members you know, we tend to take care of the deals and, and make sure those things don't happen, but we don't always tell the story. And so 
for me, the RPAC and the we used to have a government affairs committee here locally uh, when I was going through local leadership, uh, and, and that's something I want to revive. I want us to get involved, to get to know our local and state representatives on a local basis, and also uh, to uh, make sure that our members understand how important that connection is. And if they understand the connection and the why, I, I think the investment uh, part will, will take care of itself. You bring up a very good point that we can sometimes forget that there's a lot more going on besides one person sitting in a big giant office in Washington, D.C. We, we all pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. But our local leaders and the local politicians and representatives have so much more influence over our day-to-day lives <laughs> than, than what's happening out there in one specific office. Very much so, and and so uh, I, I hope that we can revive this uh, committee to find some people here locally in our local association that have a passion, uh, that uh, believe and understand the connection there, and uh, that uh, can help lead the uh, not only the government affairs and that connection, but also with the RPAC. So coming up, April 11 is the RPAC Road Tour. We have several people coming out um, from uh, all around the state mm-hmm. and nationally to come talk to us about that. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. every We started this program probably about six or seven years ago, and we uh, do a, a three-day road tour, hit as many of the local boards as we can, and basically we'll have someone from NAR, uh, from the National Association, that uh, is really an expert in the field of, of RPAC and government affairs, and we'll travel with uh, state leadership and uh, uh, ourselves and, and we we rent a van and we take off and it's truly a, a road tour and we will hit uh, six of the larger associations in three days there and helping to educate them uh, on on the value of RPAC and what that all means and to encourage them to uh, invest in, and even if they are investing to step up their investments uh, to the next level. And Swire had the highest attendance of that last year, as I recall. Yes, we did. And we're going to shoot for that again this year and have a good turnout. And and again, I I look at it as a a chance to really uh, educate a lot of our members on on what this is and what that means to them. And then in May, um, the mid-year meetings are in Washington, D.C., and that's highly focused on legislation and um, meeting with senators and, and representatives. Yes, it's it's very similar to our capital conference that we held in Des Moines in, in February. Uh, in May, uh, May 6th through the 11th, uh, we'll kind of, all realtors from around the country will descend on Washington, D.C. And I can't remember, I know the numbers dropped uh, there through COVID, but um, last year we were kind of the first year back in, in full force. But it's, it's quite a contingency from around the country, and we do. We meet with our uh, senators, we meet with our representatives one-on-one, uh, a lot of times in their offices, and uh, again, just discussing the issues that are out there. Um, you know, a few years back, one of the with the tax cutting uh, attempts. You know, one of the things that was big was to eliminate the uh, home mortgage uh, interest deduction. Now, anybody that's a homeowner and does their taxes, they know that they can deduct the mortgage uh, interest uh, from their taxes. That's been a a big advantage of home ownership. And a few years ago, that was on the chopping block, as well as 1031-like exchanges, which are, you know, uh, an investing tool to defer capital gains. Those are really 
big uh, those were big pieces of legislation that would have had a, a real negative effect on on our industry and so those were some major talking points and and uh, we were able to keep those things uh, still alive and still uh, you know able to be used uh, today is there anything else you want to share with us today you know, basically, I, I, I guess I would say I would really, for our membership, I would really encourage them to come out, uh, as, as Amy mentioned, the April 11th with the RPAC Road Tour, um, uh, come out and at least try to learn and understand more about your business. If you really have a passion for your business, um, there's, there's an old saying that I, when I first got involved, that really kind of clicked with me. It took me a while to really soak in, but uh, it was an, an our past president uh, had said it years ago. And, and he said, if real estate is your profession, then politics is your business. And when you really think about it, it's true. Every day, uh, what happens legislatively, politically affects our business. And so uh, if you are one that wants to see your business grow, to continue it, to also see your clients, your family and friends that are property owners uh, succeed and and make that good investments continue, then you you need to be involved. And and you can be involved in a lot of different levels, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're you're going to be one that is uh, uh, you know not everybody's cut out to sit and visit with the legislator they don't feel comfortable maybe doing that but there's a lot of different ways that you can um, you know benefit uh, our association your business and uh, your your career going forward Amy Swoboda Byron Menke joining us on the Swire podcast today thank you both very much for your time and all this great information and we wish you both continued success and we also thank you for listening to this episode New episodes are released each week. Until next time, take care.